0: there's a certain group that has a hidden agenda and you don't know about it till they get elected and then whammo oh how did that happen but just think critically but also show up they should wear sponsor jackets so everybody knows who owns them like the nascar drivers politics democracy is not a spectator sport we can't wait till november and and vote for two poor choices choices are made way earlier
1: Alright, welcome back to the New Age Human Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, John Anastasio This is part two of the interview with Suzanne Munson, who is the metaphysical historian. So as a highlight to what to expect, we continue the conversation with Thomas Jefferson beyond the grave and the concerns with the government, what to do with all this information that we've just been talking about for the past two episodes, and a peek into Suzanne's future plans as a metaphysical historian. Now, if you want to support the show, go ahead and like and subscribe from whatever you're listening or watching from. You can go to newagehuman.com and sign up for the newsletter, and of course, go to our Telegram channel to join in on the conversation, give some feedback, or some ideas on future episodes. Now, with that said, let's get on to the show and part two of our conversation with the Metaphysical Historian. Let's go. Okay, so, interesting enough, technical difficulties happened a few moments after you mentioned how Thomas Jefferson started mentioning and affirming some conspiracy theories now i had to come back and refresh everything just to make sure we can get in what are his thoughts on what people think is going on in the background you may continue
0: okay (laughs) well i I never knew what was going to come out you know uh there were a lot of surprises in the interviews and so he uh, was when he was expressing his concern uh, concerns about American government today and about big money uh, being such an influence and uh, and politicians getting away from the needs and the concerns of average people and feathering their nests with uh, the concerns of the wealthy and the big interests. Uh, so then he started he started getting into what what sounded to me like a conspiracy theory and I don't subscribe to conspiracy theories, but the more I think about it the the more I think he's right. Um, he said that there are forces behind the people in the public eye, and we all know that we all know the big money people keep quiet pretty much in fact, some of them are not even known according to Jefferson, mm. but they are the ones who are um the agendas for the rest of us, and they're not well-motivated, most of them. They're um, like puppet masters. They like to do something and see what the reaction is, just for fun.
1: What? Okay.
0: Because they have the money to buy media and to buy politicians, and they are the powers behind the scenes. Now, we all know, we can name Big money people sure. who are behind the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. But apparently there are even some bigger players than that who are more quiet. And, um, so, uh, so then because he's current with the current events, he's aware of the internet. And so he said that these powers that are trying to c- control us to take our freedom, ultimate freedoms away, uh, have tried to use the media the usual media, television, radio, newspapers, uh, pamphlets and so on. But the internet is something that they can't quite control. That's the one thing that's getting away from them and they don't like it. <laughs> Go
1: us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: And that, that it can be a vehicle for truth to come out. Of course we know it's a vehicle for falsehoods as well, mm. but just take the people in China, you know, uh, they're being cut off from the Internet, from the truth, from what we perceive to be the truth about world events. Yeah, highly
1: manicured Internet access.
0: Yeah, yeah right. And in, and in Russia and in all the totalitarian places who can control the media, they will control the media. And I think we should be very, very concerned about the demise of the daily newspaper in this country. Um, freedom of the press was just a hallowed value. Uh, among the founding fathers. It's in the First Amendment. And um, if we get a press that's controlled by special interests as brainwashing us, we're in trouble. Now, schools of journalism really didn't start till the 20th century, but those who went through those schools were taught to be objective. We don't care what your personal feelings are. You must be objective. I remember I used to work for an old journalist, and I called somebody, um, what do I call him, an expert. This is a, at a university PR department. Oh, Dr. So-and-so is an expert in something. He said, no, you can't say expert. You have to say specialist. I mean, he was that particular about the language that we use, that it had to be neutral.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, these people now who are um, on TV particularly, a lot of them are not trained journalists, and they don't value objectivity and the truth. If the truth runs counter to their political philosophy, they're going to screw with it. Mm-hmm. I see. And it. because people are not thinking critically, they swallow the screwed over part, and then they mouth it in their own little echo chambers when they go out to dinner. I see it all the time. <laughs> really makes me mad.
1: <laughs> you just got a lot of fans just now. <laughs>
0: You can read between the lines, folks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting how you, how you say that, and then also that um, special interest, the wording. The has Thomas Jefferson ever talked about the financial system? Because it's there's lots of changes going on right now, um, like from crypto from crypto to a lot of just a lot of conversation around a recession. Did he mention anything like that or was it mostly about government and changes?
0: We didn't talk about money. Okay. He did indicate there, there were some di- very difficult times ahead for us. Mm. I mean, I've always known that well, I, that no. I'd live through difficult times. And, um, I think it was more the government being in serious jeopardy and maybe crashing. Okay. Uh, you know, um, so, um, No, I didn't talk about monetary issues.
1: It's mostly morals, politics, getting around corruption, so to speak, which which would be his plan that you share in your book. And you highlighted a little bit here not too long ago. Uh, I guess my last question, or one of the last questions I have for you, is did you guys get into, or um, how should I say personal sovereignty, that whole language where you are a citizen versus an American, and that whole, like, that he mentioned the U.S. being a corporation.
0: Well, he talked a lot about personal power, that we need to take our power back.
1: Okay, let's talk that, about that.
0: That, uh, that we've in, insidiously, through uh, insidious things that have happened over the generations, we've been losing our freedoms. And that we need to take our power back. And um, he said that we should go back and read the Declaration of Independence and actually read the Constitution. A lot of people say, oh, that's unconstitutional, but they never read the Constitution. And uh, that we should read these founding documents. Um, And on the 4th of July, we celebrate the Declaration of Independence, but nobody ever reads it. And I included that in the back of the book, the Declaration of Independence. And um, so one thing he said that was kind of cute. We're talking about the Declaration of Independence, and he said there were some people who were quibbling over words like, all men are created equal instead of all people are created equal. Of course, that's a whole different dialogue. But the medium said that, uh, that you shouldn't quibble over some things like that, that there are universal truths. That the Declaration is meant for all people today, for sure. Uh, and she said that he he gave a raspberry on that about people quibbling over minor details of the Declaration, you know, when they should be really studying it for the great truths that he presented. That were not original to him; they were mostly taken from John Locke, the philosopher.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. So yeah. So. He is totally for in favor of p- bringing power back back to the people
0: back to the people
1: and a big part of that is to reread the documents, the founding documents the um like you just said um did he say he did say hard times are coming um did he say any type of preparation for that or things that you should yeah any preparation for that
0: well, just that we should be. We should be thinking more critically. That we should be voting for ethical people, people who have a high sense of ethics. Uh, number one, and um, you know, of course, he'd be for bipartisanship and so on. Uh, he wasn't specific about the troubles they had, but I, I think we we're definitely in for a hard time. Um, but but then at the end of most of the chapters, I always try to end them on a little bit of a positive note. And so he will say every now and then, I, I do see at the end that things will right themselves, that truth will out, that truth will always has a way of finding its way out. But right now the politicians up there, are, the ones who come in with a good purpose are in a thicket of thorns, and everywhere they turn, uh, they're stopped when they want to create reforms and 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 um, have a higher sense of ethics for, for what's going on now. Now, our representative from around here, abigail spanberger, she's got a measure in Congress uh to keep the people in Congress from insider trading. you know duh <laughs> <laughs> but that hasn't gone anywhere <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's a lot yeah there's Let's, a lot of a lot of changes we need to have happen, but it, yeah. again, like more people are waking up and I like how you said about truth being something that is going to just show itself it's, it's just a matter of time as people right. wake up people pay attention it's going to be more obvious decisions are going to be more obvious uh, any takeaways as we've closed out today from any advice that you may give someone that may be on a similar journey to you where maybe not a historian but someone who's looking for answers to connect with someone on the other side whether or not to go for it and then um, anything that you feel that you have learned based off of your experiences of that communication with the other side, and being a metaphysical historian.
0: Well, don't be. I don't. I hate to use a cliche, but I will use a cliche. Don't be afraid to think out of the box. Um, I've given talks on the metaphysical Thomas Jefferson to kindred spirits who think it's wonderful. I've also given talks to. What I call regular groups, <laughs> and half of them thought I was crazy. Uh, and so I have to live with that. I, I kind of, um, am, I, I'm still doing the metaphysical history. I've done one, a book on Leonard Cohen that I've completed, the musician. I'm thinking about doing one on um, Stephen, Stephen Jobs. Mm-hmm. That's going to be great.
1: Steve like, Jobs, yeah. yeah.
0: Steve Jobs, yeah. Uh, mainly because of what he said on his deathbed. Uh, most people know what he said on his deathbed he said oh wow oh wow oh wow I want to know what he saw that's the way I'm going to start the book and
1: when you start that journey I want to hear it
0: Yeah, and uh, then uh, I also want to do one on uh, the metaphysical Van Gogh because I visited the mental hospital where he was for his last year and I had a strong feeling that he might have something to say from his recovered state, from his normal state. Hmm. Uh, you know, we, when we have troubles in this plane, they, they fade away. You know, if we're handicapped in this plane, we're not handicapped on the other side. I'd like to know what his perspective is. But I would just say, um, as far as politics go, read everything you can that's objective from objective people. Uh, try to vary your TV watching if you're watching the same channel all the time. Uh, study candidates, know what their hidden agendas are. There's a certain group that has a hidden agenda and you don't know about it till they get elected. And then whammo, oh, how did that happen? But um, um, just think critically, but also show up. Um, this, when I give my talks on on history, regular history, Uh, I end it with a bunch of jokes about politicians. And uh, one of them is uh, they should wear sponsor jackets so everybody knows who owns them, like the NASCAR drivers. Everybody likes that. Robin, that's from Robin Williams. But um, that um, politics, uh, democracy is not a spectator sport. We can't wait till November and, and vote for two poor choices. Choices are made way earlier. They're made at the precinct level and then at the primary stage in June. I knew a very good candidate who should have been governor of the state who lost out in the June primaries because because all of his country club college educated friends thought they could wait till November to vote for him. And they didn't show up to the June primaries and he lost there. They didn't understand, that's interesting. They didn't understand the system. And I wouldn't know anything about precinct meetings if I hadn't belonged to the League of of Women Voters for a while. I didn't learn it in high school, you know, Hmm. high school civics. That's good
1: to know. Cool.
0: So show up. Show up at the local level. That's where the decisions are made. And that's where a lot of very badly motivated people are gathering now. They know how the system operates. They know, like Woody Allen said, 80% of life is just showing up. They show up and they get their candidates into the system.
1: Got it, okay. So, so
0: show up, show up.
1: Show up. I I definitely stand behind that, right? Showing up. Mm-hmm. You show up, you learn stuff, you run into people, you you may not have any information, but if you appear, someone's gonna have some information for you. You're gonna learn just by taking some, some action in some direction, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So, you got some books that are out. I definitely want to give you a chance to just highlight the names so that we can all have it in, in one part where people are paying attention to how to find you and what you're what you're doing right now. So I want to give you that time.
0: Thank you. Uh, I have two books out now on Amazon and online Barnes and Noble, and another one coming this month, which is a book of poetry, very different. But um, the first one is called Jefferson's Godfather, and it's a biography of Jefferson's most important teacher, George Wythe, and that is the story, the wonderful story about how the power of one, the power of this one individual to train public servants and to train them to be ethical servants of the public nice. in in high office. And then the second one is called the metaphysical Thomas Jefferson, and uh, we've already talked about that
1: very cool. Very cool. I hey, you know what? Give me a heads up when you communicate with Steve Chops. I think that's going to be a great conversation if you're down. Um and thank you for coming on to the show. A lot of really good stories. We talked about ghostbusters, we talked about mediums connecting to the other side. How Thomas Jefferson didn't like what was going on. So, I'm excited to uh let everybody and i'm excited to actually hear what people have to say about this uh this topic this conversation so thank you again for coming on
0: thank you good to see you